Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today, Jokima Carter, and I know Jokima because she... Uh, came into the Isle Courses Academy in June of 2020, and she landed her job pretty fast. You have to tell me, Jokima, just how long it took you, um, but here Jokima is, and I just want her to share her story and her journey, so will you do a better job of introducing yourself? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Jakima. <laughs> you might know me. You've seen me around in the idol groups and also uh, through LinkedIn. I'm on there. Just look for me, Jakima Carter. And um, my personal company is called Work Design Learning. That's my LLC uh, that I started. So, yes, I, I remember signing up for the Idol Courses Academy in May of 2020, after going back and forth and really just making this decision of, okay, uh, I, I want to get back into my career. Uh, I have a master's in instructional design and technology through Walden University. And I kind of fell into instructional design from being a health educator. I, I also have a master's in health education through East Carolina University. And my bachelor's is in music from Florida State University. So I fell into all of this. You know, I, I didn't go on and become this world-renowned opera singer like I thought I was going to be. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a hard road if, if you ever know any, any musicians. And I didn't want to teach music. So I was like, you know, let me find some other things that I'm passionate about. So I went into health education, became a health educator. And it was funny that as I was working at the health department, I became like that techie type person. I was always at my computer. Other people in the department were always coming to me to help make their presentations and, you know, hey, can you help me with this and that? And, you know, PowerPoint, um, Prezi, things like that. And I just thought, you know, wow, this is kind of fun. I actually love doing this. I wonder if it's a real thing. And so I did some poking around and I talked to a recruiter at Walden and he was like, yeah, it actually is a job. It's called instructional design. I was like, what? I had never heard of it before. So long story short, I went and I did my master's. And as all of this is going on, I was a stay at home mom for a while. I was a military spouse. Um, so as my husband got orders and moved around and, you know, working on in these remote areas of military bases, you know, any military spouse can attest that it's not always the easiest to find a job in your field. Like I met many spouses with, uh, you know, master's degrees, doctorates, and they were stay at home moms, you know, simply because that's just the way of the land sometimes if, if you're a military spouse. So, um, Fast forward to May 2020 and, you know, my kids are older now. Um, my husband's like, hey, you know, you ready to go back to work? You know, let's <laughs> let's increase our income. I'm like, OK. <laughs> so, you know, he, he's been carrying the torch for, for a while. And I was like, OK, yeah, let's see what's out there. And I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, my my resume looked crazy, y'all, because I had these huge employment gaps. You know, what could I say? Well, I was a stay at home mom. Like, like, how could you explain that? You know, it, it sounds great, but actually on paper and in reality, you know, these recruiters and hiring managers, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear how can you help us? So I, I always operated from this mindset of, okay, I need to get training fast. 
uh, I have this master's degree, but I need to have some actual training. And I was like, I need to refresh you. So I kept seeing these advertisements for idle courses. I was like, what is this? I was like, who is this lady, Dr. Robin, what? And then, and then uh, she, I, I was like, well, okay, well, she promises that she can help us, you know, transition and get into corporate. And, you know, you, you go on the IDA website and you read what, you know, everything, how I can help you. And I just thought, okay, that's exactly what I want to do. And then I thought to myself, you know, she's saying she helps with corporate, corporate. I kept thinking to myself, why corporate, why corporate? So I started um, looking at salaries, uh, just for the different fields and different industries for, for um, instructional designers. And I was like, huh, I, I guess corporate IDs do make a little bit more than these other <laughs> industries. So <laughs> I said, okay. I said, well, if Dr. Robin is saying this is what she did, okay, I'm going to follow in her footsteps and do what she did. And so that's, that's what led to me signing up. I, I finally, you know, made the plunge. And let me tell you guys, like, I had like no money, you know, like I, I was a stay at home mom, you know, we had one income in our household. It was very um, tight budget. And, but I, I made the decision. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I took little side gigs here and there. I was saving up money and, uh, you know, pinched pennies in other places, you know, maybe you just don't eat out for a little bit or, or, you know, buy those new shoes. And, you know, I invested in my, career, I invested in my education. And thank goodness up to that point, you know, I had a few computers that I could use, I had some equipment and, and I just ran with it. So it, it wasn't easy, you know, but uh, I, I got on the payment plan for idle, it, it made it bearable. And I just went in to do it. And then June 2020 hit and I started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. so when did you, I love your story. And I just had no idea that you were an opera singer. I mean, why would I know that? I, this is why I love I love doing these podcast episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before we go down that road, I just want to know, like, so when did you finish your master's degree in instructional design? Like, what? When was that over? What year? That was in. 2017, because I got my health education master's in 2015. Yeah, so 20, uh, I took my plaque down. Yeah, it was 2017. So between the time of me getting my master's and actually starting idle, there was about a three year gap there, you know, because I was still doing the, the home mom thing. And I had my, I had my youngest in uh, 2018. So, uh, she's what she, yeah, she's four now. So, yep, that's four years. She's four now. So I was, you know, I was still very much in the, you know, housewife home, you know, mom thing. My older kids were still a little bit younger than maybe like, you know, five, six, seven years old then. And then I just had another baby after I finished, um, my, uh, instructional design master's. So, uh, didn't go into my field right away still having babies, still doing mom things. <laughs> but once they got older and my, you know, my spouse was looking at me like, okay, are you done now? You ready to go back? And I was like, okay. <laughs> then I joined Idol. <laughs> okay. So then you joined, and then how long did it take you to get ready to start applying once you enrolled in June? Okay. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so I enrolled <laughs> in June. I was all gung-ho, like, yes, we're going to do this. And I remember feeling like pressure, you know, not any outside pressure, but I put pressure on myself because I, 
I was in the, the Facebook group and, you know, I started seeing, you know, the other people in my cohort. I was like, wow, these guys are like former teachers, current teachers, and they're usually pretty spot on, you know, when it comes to getting things done. And I was like, here I am, you know, mom of three, uh, hasn't been working in, you know, a few years and I'm in this cohort with, with these guys, you know, and I felt like, wow, how am I going to get all this done? You know, so I felt that internal pressure of, you know, to perform and do well in the program. And I just felt like, man, why, how come everybody else is so successful? Because, you know, people would be like, hey, guys, I just finished this and I got my first badge or, you know, I, I just finished my infographic, you know, take a look. And I was like, golly, I don't have anything to show. And then the week started <laughs> turning by. So if you guys are wondering about do it messy, I, I'm the queen of doing it messy. <laughs> so, so don't feel bad. You know, that that's where it all came from. Like, like my messy experience, it was definitely messy. So I, I would say I got to like July. It was literally like week seven. Uh, my, my cohort was about to end and I had nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh. So once it hit July, I was like, okay, we got to get serious. You know, how can we do this? So at that point, that's when I started the cherry picking process. That's when I started doing it messy. That's when it all happened. When I got to those last few weeks and saw, okay, I don't have anything to show for it. And I felt so bad. I was like, golly, you know, you paid money for this course, but you still didn't do anything with it. So, you know, I was getting onto myself like, okay, come on now. And then you know, I started looking at our bills and my student loans are starting to be due. And I was like, okay, I've got to get serious. So right when August hit, that's when I really, really was trucking because um, it took me through July to um, kind of cherry pick through idle courses. And I focused on the portfolio part first. I said, okay, let's just focus on portfolio. How can I get a site up quickly and how can I get, you know, a few samples on there quickly? How can I do this the fastest way possible and still be good enough to, you know, make it to an interview or, you know, get past some recruiters? So that was my whole mindset and goal to do it quickly. It was unbelievably messy, y'all. <laughs> like, unbelievably. I, I didn't get any badges, none of that. I just I just went in head first, you know, get the website up, you know, get get your portfolio going. And from there... Once I had those few um, samples in August, that's when I really started um, putting myself out there applying. And my my online portfolio it was up. And guys, I went the um, I went the the WordPress route, right? So I, I I built mine from the ground up. I didn't do Google Sites or anything like that. And you know, it's it's a choice. Do what you're comfortable with. But I had some familiarity with, you know, WordPress and, you know, building little sites here and there. So um, it wasn't that hard for me. And I actually enjoyed it. So um, it, it there was a learning curve there, but there's so much information out there on how to do it. And I got my site through um, a HostGator, which, you know, I recommend them because their customer service really is amazing. And anytime I had a question, they are immediately answering it and helping me. And sometimes they would even just do it for me. They'd be like, oh yeah, here, let me, let me do this, 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 and, you know, point your website where it needs to go. And they would just do it for me. I was like, oh, wow, thanks guys. (laughs) And and then, uh, you know, I went on to the next thing that I needed. So anytime that I would come to a roadblock, I would always just look up the information, see what I could find. And in doing that, that has helped me so much now because um, 
there, there are times when, and I see people asking this question all the time, how can I show a sample course that I made in Rise on my website? Well, there's a certain way you got to do it. You know, you got to get a, a cloud um, storage and you know, upload your little file index file there. And then you got to put the link on your website. There's a whole way to do it. So because I had built my site in WordPress, I was familiar with doing those types of things. It, it made me go and get the information. And I can't tell you how much having that type of mentality, that type of go find the answer attitude has helped me in my jobs now, because especially on the, on the contracting, like freelancing side, a lot of times people just look at me like, what, you, you need a, you need an image, you know, um, you need a different image. Okay, we'll go make one. Someone literally told me that the other day. Okay, well, you need a different, go make one, you know, like, like, Sorry, you, you know, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, Photoshop, because I was telling them, I was like, well, I need this image, you know, we're trying to upload this, this drag and drop thing. And they were like, I was like, all these little red arrows are on it. They were like, oh, you need a new image. Okay, we'll go make one. I was like, yeah. okay. So then I had to bust out my Photoshop skills and, you know, kind of get these red marks out. And, and sometimes it is that attitude of, you know, don't ask, just go and do it, you know? And that was the attitude I had from the beginning. As I started applying for jobs, I said, you know, I'm tired of asking. I'm not going to ask. I'm tired of asking. I'm tired of waiting. I'm just going to go get it. I'm going to go get it. And you know, make it happen somehow. And that was like my attitude, I would say was like 99% of everything I did back then to where I am now. Uh, completely. Agree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we got to August, you started mm -hmm. turning it out. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually went and found your website because but I actually, I actually, I mean, I'm happy to see this because I think so many people, Jokima, they just get stuck in yeah. thinking that it has to be a Kath Ellis portfolio, you know, no. or, you know, they have, they think that it has to be like just this perfect thing before no. they go and start yeah. applying. And that's, that's not at all. Yeah, see, that's it's it's that attitude and mentality. You know, you you don't have time for perfect when you're looking at your bills that are due. Your your family's looking at you like, hey, are you gonna bring some income in? So I didn't have time for perfect. And I love this quote I, I found recently. It was like, you know, sometimes good enough is good enough. And 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 that's what I needed at the time. I needed something good enough to impress a recruiter or some type of hiring manager to at least get in the door. Cause then once I got to the interview, oh, it, it was a wrap. I could just talk my way in circles and, you know, how, you know, show them this great personality. And then they could decide from there, okay, it, does this person have enough potential, you know, and also we're looking at our samples. Can she do what we need her to do? And a lot of companies, you know, um, especially if they're, if they're hiring someone on staff, they're not looking for you to be some super guru right away. They, they just need someone who can kind of take over the crazy a little bit. So you don't have to be a super expert in everything, but you could be good enough and, and they'll work with you. And that's, that's what I was finding. So I didn't focus on being perfect. And, and I highly recommend that to anybody. Don't, don't wait, stop waiting, stop looking for permission. Like, like I went in with like guns blazing and I would literally kick down the doors. Like that's, <laughs> 
that's how I was. I, you should have seen my attitude back in August. Like I just got, I just remember waking up every day with a fire in my belly. Like I was just on fire and it took a lot of early mornings. Like I, I couldn't do late nights because I was like, okay, you can't have it both ways. You can't do an early morning and a late night. You got to pick one. So I said, okay, I'm going to do early morning. So I said, I'm waking up early. So sometimes I would wake up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And Whoa. yeah, I would be on it. You know why? Because the people that I was interviewing with, a lot of them were on the East Coast. So I was like, I got to be up early before these guys to, to make it to interviews, to, you know, take phone calls, phone interviews. So I would get up early, early, early. And then once I got the shell up for my website, I was still tweaking it during this time. And I don't think people realize that guys, you're going to have a lot of time as you're, as you're waiting, you know, to, to go on that interview or, you know, take that phone call. You, you, you might have two, three days in between that time frame. So what do you do during that? Okay. Well, you, uh, make sure your portfolio looks the greatest as possible. Cause sometimes they don't even look at your portfolio until like the day before or the day of. So you've got some time to kind of tweak things here and there. So it doesn't have to be perfect at all. Now that's interesting. I would have figured they look at your portfolio before you ever get the interview. No, <laughs> a lot of times I was finding that, you know, the people who contacted me to go, to go in the interviews were recruiter. You know, they might take a peek a little bit, but it's like a very dry brush. Like, okay, yeah, she's got a portfolio. As long as you had a portfolio and they liked your resume and they talked to you on the phone for like a few minutes, they'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass you forward to the hiring manager. Can you do, you know, Thursday at two? And I'd be like, okay, yeah. Then at that point, somewhere in between those days, the hiring manager might browse over my stuff, you know, just to prepare for the interview. Sometimes I would get to the interview and they hadn't even looked at it. So <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's some good insight right there. Okay. So you, mm -hmm. you were, uh, you were up early, you were ready. You were, um, you started applying in August. Yes. I, that's when I started applying and you should see me. I had a legal pad, you know, how long those things are. And right. I made, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who I don't like to put things like this in a, in a digital format. I like to actually physically be able to cross things off. It's something about being able to physically do that, you know, that's satisfying. So I made on a legal pad, like, a, just like a little uh, graph type spreadsheet. And I would put across the top, you know, the date, even the week, because I wanted to keep track of the weeks of how many jobs I would apply to each week. I would put the company name um the job title um i would put the contact down because sometimes it's a recruiter who posted the information and that's who you're speaking to so i wanted to make sure that i remembered who that was and then i have a notes section where i would put in the notes okay uh this is a remote position 100 remote or you know this job is located in texas or and then i would put even the job site that i got the information from that i you know i got it from indeed or i got it from linkedin things like that i would keep track of all of this and that helped me because sometimes you know 50 jobs in 50 applications in you get that random call two weeks later <laughs> and they're like hey this is bob from or you know john from you know uh something something consulting and i'm like who is this 
<laughs> so, so I go back to my sheet and I'm like, oh yes, hi John, you know, I do remember you. And, and they're like, yeah, you know, we love your stuff. So that's what, you know, people need to understand. There's this huge time frame. just because you apply on a Friday, you might not hear something for two, three weeks. And it's just because, you know, they're weeding through applications. So during that time frame, you've got a lot of time to apply to other jobs, um, to continue to work on your portfolio site. So the site that they finally see is updated and looks totally different than it did when you first applied, you know, three weeks earlier. And once that concept hit me, I really calmed down. I, I didn't feel the need to be perfect because I saw I had tons of gaps to just, you know, I could quickly go in and make a little sample something and throw it up on my site and it'd be ready by the time I got to that interview or, you know, they actually even looked at my por portfolio. Oh my gosh, this is something that I just wanted to hurry up and edit this ed episode so everyone can <laughs> hear your message. Yeah, these are the golden nuggets. <laughs> yes, this is, I mean, it's one thing for me to say a thing was totally different when it's like wrapped up in a real story. Yeah. Just, I'm eating this up. Okay, so you're applying in August and then how many, I mean, you had that legal pad. How many interviews, mm. you know, your numbers. Like, Golly, you know, I still have my papers. Um, the last time I looked at it, I would say I had applied to maybe 70 jobs before I started, you know, um, getting phone calls and things like that. I, I had I had applied to a few. I, and I think the overall number before I, when I finally started getting offers was maybe it had to be over a hundred um, applications. And, and this is what I did. I would always go for the ones, especially on Indeed. In, I would say that Indeed was like my number one go-to site because I had a lot of success on there. Uh, and I love that option that they have uh, as you're going down a job, it says, you know, easily apply. So, you know, you create your Indeed profile, you have your resume that you're going to use um, already uploaded in there. So you could just some, a lot of these jobs had that easy apply button. So you just go there, easy apply, you fill out a few extra questions and then you state, okay, yeah, this is the, you choose the resume that you want to upload to them and boom, you're done. So I would always go for those quick, you know, easy applications. And for me, I love that that let me know that, okay, this is a company that they're not playing around. They don't have time to go through some long, lengthy, you know, let, let's, let's get to the meat and potatoes. So uh, I would always go for those. Now, if I clicked on a job and it immediately sent me to their, you know, third party website where I would have to create a profile there and go through this long old thing. Uh, honestly, I never applied to those jobs because I was <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and maybe I, you know, maybe I, missed out on our opportunity or, you know, who, who knows? Yeah, but all I know is it, for me, it wasn't fast enough. I said, man, if I had to create a profile on every single job that I applied to, like, this is going to take forever. So I said, I, I could apply to 10 jobs in the time that it would take me to apply to this one job that has me fill out all this. So uh, unless you just absolutely love this, that company and that, that job description, and you're just like, wow, I really want to apply. I would say go for the ones to where the application process is easy and pain-free because I had a lot of success on there. Once once I started going down and just apply, 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 man, my phone was ringing off the hook. My email was blowing up and I would, I would take 
all the interviews and I would do my, my weeks were like jam packed with interviews. And I was just like a crazy lady. I, I call it running the gauntlet, the, 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 the job gauntlet. Like you're, you're literally on it all the time. Oh my. So when did you start getting to like final rounds? Was that in September or still August or what does the dates look like? Um, I started getting to final, like October was a magical month for me, <laughs> which is, you know, and you know, it's funny too, cause my birthday is October 18th. And when oh. I started, yeah, when, when I started back in August, I made that my goal. I said, before my next birthday, I want a job offer. I, oh, I well that's it. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so that was part of that fire. And what's funny is, is right when October hit, right, the week of my birthday, that's when I started getting offers. And at that point, too, um, that's when I got on board uh, and started my my contracting gig, uh, the one that I have now, because um, I was part of an instructional design group on Facebook. And, and that's one of those nuggets. You know, if you join these instructional design groups on Facebook, Slack, you know, everywhere, these little side jobs will come through that people need help on. And I was like, huh, I remember watching an a interview that, that you did, you know, that Dr. Robin did. And she said that as she worked, she always had a little side something going on. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do that. I was like, is that possible? <laughs> I oh, was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to do what Dr. Robin did. And I said, if it's possible, I'm going to do it. So I saw this call for, hey, you know, you know, we need some extra instructional designers to help with some uh, extra projects we got going on. And, you know, I, I, to the ad I contacted I sent an email sent my information and by then I had already had my website up it, it wasn't perfect but I had something I had a few samples that they could see and that they could be like yeah we could work with this but what sold it the most was me my they saw my fire my passion um uh my desire to just grow and do what all of that is what made them love me and like take a chance on me so that actually freelancing contracting uh they took me on board first before any full-time gig took me on so i love freelancing because it has always been good for to me you know it, it's helped feed my kids so you know i highly recommend you do what dr robin did she said she had a side gig something going on i, I highly recommend it too because i i do i did <laughs> and and because of that i i had an additional um reference for my jobs as I continue to apply for um, full-time gigs because this was another person who could attest to my work ethic um you know how I was you know taking directions like all of that so freelancing was was amazing for me so that happened in October as well and I started our project started coming in for the freelancing gig um started kicking off in, in November and then November 2020 that's when I got my first um that th those were like the final rounds this was like around thanksgiving um like beginning of november like i did the, the final third round for for this one job and you know they told me that i would hear something around thanksgiving and literally the day before thanksgiving you know everyone i'll <laughs> tell you <laughs> let me tell you when i got that call i i'll admit i i was flustered and good thing I had already had a conversation with myself in my head before that call even came in because 
I thought about, and I thought about, okay, if I do get a call and offer, what am I going to do? Am I going to accept it? Or am I going to take a chance and, um, you know, try to counter offer? And I told myself, well, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to counter offer. I, I was like, I'm going to get the highest amount that I could possibly get possible. And I'm just going to go for it because I believe that much in myself. I believe that I was worth more than that initial offer. So when that offer came, I got a call. It was like the afternoon, you know, the day before Thanksgiving, you're not even thinking in job mode anymore. You're literally in the holiday. You know, I was folding. I remember I was folding laundry and I got this call from HR and they're like, yeah, you know, the, the team has decided they, they want to take you on. I was like, what, excuse me. And then they made their offer. Right. Yeah. And um, I counter offered and on the phone, on the phone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and this is funny. It, this is where it started getting weird because um, at that point I, I no longer had contact with the team. It was the team on one side, me on the other and HR in the middle. HR was like the middle man kind of negotiating between the two of us. That's when mm -hmm. things started. I was like, okay, I guess this is how it's going to go. And so right there on the phone, I was like, well, I even asked her, I said, well, can I counter offer? She's like, sure. She's like, you can ask any questions. You can counter. I was like, okay. I said, well, you know, given all the things that they want me to do for this position and I'd be like a one man band. And just to let you know, it was, I would have been more of like an LMS type manager, but I was going to wear three hats. I was going to do LMS things, uh, a little bit of design, a little bit of development. So, you know, I was going to get all this uh, training in, in one position. So I was like, okay, yeah, this seems like a good gig. So I, I, I counter offered because of that, because I was going to be doing so much. I counter offered and they actually accepted it. I was like, okay. And just to give <laughs> you an idea of the numbers that we're talking about here, <clears throat> I won't tell you the exact number, but I would say it's very close to six figures. Let's just say that. The, that's what you the, countered with. That's what I countered with. Can you say what they came, how like a percentage <laughs> of how much of an increase that was from what they started at? <laughs> Let's say, um, I'll, I'll say that the, the first number of their offer started with an eight. Let's say okay. that. The first number of their offer started with an eight, right? And I countered and it was closer to the six figure range because huh. I knew I knew going in, I'll say the range going in, they told me that the job um, salary range was going to be between 80,000 and 100,000. So I was uh -huh. like, okay, um, fine. That might be all right. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they offered me, I was still in the, in the eighties, what they offered me, but I countered offer and I got myself closer to a uh, hundred thousand and they actually accepted. So this was like a high, very high salary, you know, for a first ID starting out. And I got excited. I was like, Whoa, they actually accepted. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's the numbers that we're dealing with here. But, but let me tell you guys, um, you know, hindsight's 2020. This was the first offer that I had after so many months of just grinding, 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 early mornings, early mornings. And, you know, when your family's looking at you, your bills are due, the holidays hitting and, you know, you'd be crazy to be like, oh, I'm not going to accept that. I'm just going to wait. And, you know, just kind of see. So I jumped at it. I literally jumped at it. But at that time, 
I still had other interviews scheduled and going on. Like literally like that week, I had another, like that following week after Thanksgiving, I had another interview, but it wasn't until the next Friday. And I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? So, and I was working with a recruiter and everything, you know, it was going to be a remote position. You know, the team was nice. And that's when things with this first job offer started getting weird because the team was nice, but then once HR and the organization as a whole stepped in, that's when things started turning a little bit ugly because right there that day, they were like, I was like, well, can I take some time to, you know, consult my family and, you know, think things over. And they had pretty much the attitude of, you know, what do you mean you need to think, think about this? Like, we made you this great offer. You should just accept it like right now like right now it literally felt like the mafia kind of strong arming me that's how I felt <laughs> give you an offer you can't refuse yeah <laughs> yeah it was very much that like 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 we gave you this offer you should be grateful you should just go ahead and jump and want to be with us and, but I'm thinking yeah but I have other people and other organizations that I made commitments to that you know I'm, I'm trying to give everybody a you know, a, a fair chance to, you know, interview with me and see what they have to offer. You know, it's like going into Shark Tank where, you know, that one shark makes you an offer and they want you to decide right then. But you're like, you know, out of respect for the other sharks, I'd like to hear their offers. They were not trying to hear that. So they told me, OK, well, we'll give you till Monday. So and literally Monday after Thanksgiving, they wanted an answer. And I got I started getting these I started getting these emails and it kind of had this little like pushy, nasty undertone to it. You know, I don't know how else to describe it. It was kind of like, we need your decision by 5 p.m. today. I was like, oh, what do I do? I got an interview, but it's not till Friday. I was like, what do I do? So literally after going back and forth all day, but but because of that, me trying to take some time um, to think things over and, you know, make sure this was the right decision for me and my family, on the organization side, they were looking at it as, huh, she's not as excited about us as we thought, you know, that I think that's when that started this, these thoughts in their head of, you know, she's not as excited about us because she's not just immediately jumping. And that wasn't the case at all, but I did end up accepting the offer. Um, I, I did sign, you know, I felt that strong arm, my arm was twisted. And then, and then I, I just started thinking about all the other people that I knew were applying for jobs. And then I, I just imagined this course of people saying, hey, you've got this lovely offer, this really high salary offer. What do you mean you're not going to accept it? You know, just go out. You know, I got blinded by the money. You know, I, I stopped thinking about, is this the best decision for my family? Is this the right team? You know, is this the type of work that I want to do? And I really got blinded by the money because I thought, there's so many other IDs out here who would love this money right now. Like, like, take it, take it, take it. So I took it, you know, but once I took it, I literally remember not being too, too excited about it. I still had this like nasty feeling in my stomach. Like I, I, I couldn't understand what it was. And I remember you had posted that week too, uh, in the, in the idol, um, group on Facebook, you were like, your first job offer is not necessarily the one that you should take. And I read that and I was like, oh my God, maybe this is an omen. <laughs> <laughs> because I literally had this like bad feeling in my stomach. And I remember asking myself, like, like, 
through those weeks and in, in uh, as we got into December, I remember asking myself, I said, you know, I literally just got this really great offer. They met the amount, the, the salary number amount that I wanted. And I remember asking myself, why are you not completely happy? That yeah. Like, what is it? And I, I, I had conversations with my friends on the phone. They, they knew that I was going through this whole job interview process. And I would literally say to them, I was like, friend, I was like, why can't I just be totally relaxed in this, you know, decision that I made to sign? And I think it was just, you know, I felt strong arms into it. It, it just, something just was off. You know, that, that's when that sixth sense comes in. You can't put your finger on it but you know enough to know that something isn't right. But I ignored it because I was like, you know, I, I'll just have, you know, I'm not, you know, and I, I, I try to be a strong person. So I was like, you know, I'm a strong person. I'm a go-getter. We'll make it through it. You know, and, and, and my mind was telling my gut to be quiet. My mind was like, look, it's all this money. We're going to go, we're going to do this. And part of the job was that I would have had to move to that state. Oh, the or- yeah, that was part of the oh, job. Oh, now, now you mentioned that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was, it was only remote, you know, during COVID. And I was like, okay, I, I could deal with that. You know, my family, you know, we're ready. We could do it. But here's, here's the, the, one of the huge lessons that I learned from that experience. I learned that you really need to ask about relocation expenses being covered. If a job wants you to move for them, they need to pay something. And, and because of this whole experience, I have an entirely different attitude. I, I will never, ever, 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 ever accept a position that wants me to move without relocation expenses of some type being covered. And, you know, the reason I say that is because things started getting dicey. So it's, 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 uh, we're into this December now, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, my, my, my criminal background check, all of that came through, you know, I'm excited. The holidays are coming. I'm like, you know, Ooh, mommy's got a job. The kids know about, it. I'm like, yeah, we're moving into this state. The kids are all excited. You know, my family kind of relaxed a little bit, you know, and I, I actually went on that other job interview that I had the week after I signed. Um, but I knew myself, I didn't put my all into that interview. So I ended up not being asked back for, you know, but I, but I thought to myself, ah, who cares? I've got this great gig. I've already signed this offer. I, you know, I don't care. That was my attitude. And I felt I had relaxed a little bit. Okay. So here, here's another lesson. Here's another nugget. Do not relax even when you have a offer. And this was not a verbal offer. You know, guys, I, I physically signed this paper. Like I was locked in. I stopped talking with recruiters. I stopped everything. I stopped taking interviews. Everything was done. So at this point, I was only working my, my side contract gig. You know, we had a lot of projects coming in. So that kind of kept me busy because my, my full-time job that I just signed was going to start in January after the holidays. So I said, okay, great. And my contracting gig knew about it. But right in December, as we started working out the logistics of me coming, like going through the onboarding process for my full-time gig, that's when things started coming up. Because then it was suddenly like, oh man, we've got this person out in this, in, in Utah. That's where I'm at in Utah. And we've got to get her onboarded and we're over here in this other state. So, you know, there's orientation, right? So they set the orientation date and they told me that I had to go there. And I was like, yeah, this is when it starts getting dicey. And everybody that I tell the story to, they were like, wait, so they covered you to go there, right? I was like, no, 
they wanted me to cover my own expenses to travel there for one day of orientation. No. So, yes. So even my contracting gig was like, um, they do know that there are companies that can handle that for them remotely, right? I was like, yeah, like the whole world is remote like right now. Like, why do I have to physically go there for one day? And let me tell you, they would- you have would... had to fly on a plane? Yes, yes. Dr. Robin, I booked my flight in oh. December. And let me tell you, because the flight was taking place like a month, less than a month later, you know, and it was around the holidays, right? So flight tickets are very expensive. That ticket was huge. It was huge. It was several hundred dollars, several, mm. hundred, almost a thousand dollars. This trip was going to cost me a little over a thousand dollars between the flight, hotel, car rental, all of that. And the logistics of it, I, I would have had to go there, do my orientation, and then immediately get back to the airport, get on a plane and fly back. But, no. you know, this is me, you know, trying to make things happen. So I was doing what I had to do. But in the same time frame, it, it seemed like no matter what I did or was trying to do was never enough for them. They always came at me with this attitude of, oh, well, you're, you're just not that, uh, you're, you're too hesitant to come on board with us or, you know, you're too hesitant about doing things for us. And I they was sound like, like a needy, yeah, like a needy boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> stuff, stuff about the like, just the attitude of the organization started coming out, and and that's what that nasty gut feeling started to show me that you know there were things about the way they operated that was just not going to mesh well, and um, the crazy part is that around um, Christmas. I got a call that from HR and they said that they were rescinding their offer. Whoa. Yes. This was literally uh, three days before Christmas. And this was before you, this is after you already bought the ticket. Yep. After I bought my ticket, um, after I had already signed, I already did my drug tests, everything. But the last, I was getting emails talking about equipment, you know, Hey, do you need any extra monitors? We've got some monitors. Like that's how deep I was in this. And it had been a month, about a month when I signed, um, this was a month later. And remember I had stopped everything except my contract mm -hmm. again. I got a call three days before Christmas that they were rescinding their offer. And it was oh. like the most driest, like, like, yeah, well, the team decided that we're going to rescind our offer. There was no care in the world about it. No. And I wasn't upset. I was more angry because it, it was never, there was never any thought to, you know, what does this do to the job applicant? You know, and I tried to explain this to, to HR. I was like, hey, you know, I turned down other offers to be with you guys. I stopped working with all the recruiters that I was working with to be with you guys. I said, it's three days before Christmas. I was supposed to have a, a job right now. I said, do you understand what position this puts me in? And there was no care given at all. Uh, it was like a robotic voice. Well, this is what the team has decided. Well, this is what the team has decided. And I was like, okay. So apparently there were conversations that were had behind the scenes and a, like a final decision was made, you know, going into the weekend. And then that Monday I got a call. This was like two days before Christmas. I couldn't believe it. Oh, this is a this is a horror story. <laughs> it is. 
it's a horror story, but it's got a beautiful ending <laughs> because mm -hmm. the the play. And, and here's what's funny. So during December, you know, I'm thinking that I'm going to have this one job, but then um, uh, I remember seeing uh, an ad in one of the like Slack groups that I'm a part of for for um, a position. And I was like, oh, you know, uh, this sounds like a contracting thing. Okay, let me sign up for it. So I, I went on it and I started interviewing and I felt so guilty. And I was like, you know, maybe this will just be a nice side gig. You know, it'll be fine. But then when my full-time gig kind of blew up in my face, I was, you know, and I just thought, oh man, you know, I'm not getting any offers. You know, I'll just start, you know, hot and fresh in January. I literally got a call like, <laughs> the day that I got an email to sign off, you know, uh, you know, acknowledging that my offer has been rescinded that same day, I got a call uh, for, for, the, for an offer. I was oh. like, what? Like literally that day, literally within five minutes of reading that email and having to acknowledge, you know, that the offer was rescinded. Five minutes later, I get a call from the recruiter saying, hey, an offer has been made and they want you to start in January. And the start date is the exact same start date that for the for the previous gig that I had that got rescinded is the exact same start date. Things starting. That's just creepy. <laughs> Isn't that creepy? <laughs> Let me tell you, Dr. Ron, I was shaking. That's how freaked out I was. I was like, what is happening here? Literally five minutes after reading that email of, hey, you know, here's this letter, you know, go ahead and sign off that you agree that we've rescinded our offer. And I was like, okay, fine. Here, I signed it. Five minutes later, I get a call from the career. Hey, they really love you. They want to they wanna, um, hire you. I said, what? And they want you to start in January on this date. It was the same exact date of the, 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 the job offer that got rescinded. I said, there, this is no way. It was just beyond creepy. It was scary. <laughs> I, I was scared. <laughs> it's almost like you passed a test, Jokima. Yeah. It's almost like <laughs> the universe put you through a, a final test. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then you passed. And yeah. Then said, okay. And then five minutes yeah. later, oh, here's your, here's your real job. <laughs> right, right. Like we just wanted to 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 prepare you and make sure you were really ready. You know? But here's the real job. It was beyond scary. That I was literally shaking. I was so nervous. I was like, "What is happening? This is weird." And but I remember, I remember back in November when you know when I first signed that that you know six figure job offer when I first signed, and I felt uneasy about it. I remember praying. I remember saying to the universe, "I said, you know, if this is not." where I'm supposed to be. If this is not the job for me, please show me the way, show me a sign. I literally prayed that prayer. And then right after that, that's when things started happening in December. It was so weird. And I told my contracting um, gig what had happened and they just all surrounded me with love. They were like, you know, don't worry. We got plenty of work, you know, that you could help out with. And that floated me through the holidays. I'm just so grateful that, you know, I had this amazing team that I was working with that uh, I had all these projects. I could still do instructional design and get experience, you know, through the holidays. I had a lot going on, you know, and then January hit, I, I started my, with my current team. And that, that's funny, that literally showed me 
it was like night and day, the experience. My onboarding experience with them was like night and day. There was no strong arming. It was very much, if you have any questions, feel free to ask us. You know, we want to know. Um, if you have any concerns, you know, let us know. It was literally like night and day. That first week that when I started, they had like a little luncheon for me. It was like a virtual luncheon. And they, you know, we were all remote, but they sent me a gift card for DoorDash to, you know, order my lunch. And then we all sat there on, on Zoom and, and had a little lunch. They sent me flowers, welcoming to, me to the, the, to the team. And just recently they, they had their IT guy. He went shopping for me. He went computer shopping. They sent me like a brand new computer. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. And even before that, they sent me another gift card for DoorDash and I got a thank you card as well. But, you know, hey, you know, happy one month anniversary, you know, thank you for being a part of our team. So Aww. they're constantly showing me how grateful and happy they are for me to be on the team. It's literally like night and day. So, I, you know, I look back, I'm thankful for that experience. I'm thankful, you know, uh, I wouldn't touch that other company with a 10 foot pole. I wouldn't touch that state, but I, but those were the nuggets guys. If, if a job wants you to move for them, they better be paying relocation expenses. Some type don't book any flights, any hotels, nothing. And that's the least that they did. They did reimburse me for my flight, but it took oh, okay. me, it took me like three months to get that money back. I, yeah, I booked in, December I didn't get it back to like March so oh it, so this month <laughs> yeah yeah this month I I finally got it back and I had to follow up with them constantly like hey you know don't forget you know I didn't receive you know my reimbursement yet you know I had to like kind of run behind them and so it was almost like the job interview that wouldn't end I was like golly I just want to go on with my life and <laughs> get away from these guys. And, and I, because I had to still contact them, it was painful. It was a painful experience. I, I had never been treated so horribly as a job candidate, you know, like this job candidate who has no money, you know, you just rescinded your offer and now you're taking a long time to give her her money back for this flight that she booked for no reason. So it, it was just terrible. Um, but I'm glad it's over with. I learned a lot. So don't book any travel guys. Don't do it. Um, and Dr. Robin was right. Her words were true. Your first job offer is not necessarily the one that you should take. And yeah. <laughs> the oh, we can all I, understand why you yeah. took <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a lot of money, you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was a lot of money. Oh, oh, here, here's another kicker though. Here's another kicker. You're ready to be scared even more. <laughs> yes. The, here's another kicker. When the job offer came in for the current gig that I have now, remember it started on the same exact same starting date as the other job offer. And it was for more money. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It was for more money. Your second, the, the one that you have now? Yes. The job offer that got rescinded, you know, I told you those numbers, the one yeah. that I... The one that came right after that, that, that they wanted me for, that offer was, was for higher than, than Hallelujah. That. Yep. That's, I mean, <laughs> that is just sprinkles on the icing. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole Sorry. story is giving me 
goosebumps joke either. I'm sure that other people are gonna feel the same way. Like, what? So I told y'all, there's a happy ending there. Yeah, it, it got weird in December. I was scared. And then when it came in for more money, I was beyond freaked out. I was shaking. I was beyond shaking. I, I physically shook. I couldn't believe it. I said, this is, I even prayed. I was, I was like, okay, universe, you can stop. You can stop scaring me now. I, I got the message. <laughs> I mean, you asked for a sign. You asked for a sign. <laughs> I got a sign and, and tenfold. Not only did the universe take care of me, you know, those silent prayers, they showed me the way and showed me that I could be with a team that would treat me better, that would pay me better, and it would just be a better overall experience. So trust your gut. Trust your gut. Don't book any travel. Um, oh, don't don't stop applying work a side gig, work a contract side gig, you know, have that extra money coming in to, you know, to float you. Uh, if you are, if you happen to be in between jobs and just because you signed an offer doesn't mean that you're actually going to work for that company. They could still pull that offer that, that literally happened to me. So just those yeah. are the nuggets. <laughs> Those are some really good nuggets. And so yeah. you, um, you are now working a full-time job. You still work with that first contract that you got back yes. in the day? So, yep. So I, I work uh, my full-time job during the daytime. And then I still have my, uh, I'm still with that same uh, company that I've been contracting with that I got back in uh, October, 2020. I'm still with them. They have a lot of projects coming through and they just, they just brought me on to be a learning experience manager um, for some other projects that they got going on. So I, I wear three hats every day. <laughs> so, so that's another nugget guys. Like, like I understand now that I'm paying my dues and I'm, I'm just so hungry for experience. Um, I, I believe that we could all get paid for it. You know, you don't have to work uh, volunteer forever as an intern, like the, you know, get on with a more senior ID that, that has these, they have tons of projects that they need help on. So you could get paid a little something and still get some experience. You got a job reference. And I see it more as, you know, an apprentice working with like a master, you mm -hmm. know, I see it as that because, because I'm contracting with these senior IDs, they've been in the game for over 20 years. You know, I have someone that I can, you know, bounce questions off of. Uh, I can, get help that I need any questions that I have about you know what's going on they can give me those little tidbits of information so I see it more as, a, as an apprenticeship that I'm I'm learning at the feet of greatness and I get paid a little something for it so so that's that's another nugget you know don't stay too long and working free and interning like no there you can get experience now and be paid for it and just so you know that's anywhere between like 25 an hour to you know 35 an hour um, you could get paid as like a lower level um, ID. And in the job world, you know, 25 an hour, that's that's more than a lot of people make. So that that's the lower end for our field. That, that's another nugget, Dr. Robin. A lot of people don't know their numbers, guys. Do your yeah. research, learn what we make, because I see people putting things in the comments. They're like, hey, guys, should I accept an offer that's like, you know, 50000 well, if it's corporate, heck no, that's entirely too low. Like, like I just told you some of my numbers, like that's way too low for me. I figured if I was going to do this, I need to make as much money as possible. Like <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, that was my mindset. You know, I need to make as much money as possible. 
Um, and, and remember that nugget I said, you know, stop being, stop being scared. Stop being like, oh my God, I'm only a teacher and I'm going into these corporate interviews. So what? You do like me, do like I did. I literally had no job. I was a house mom. You at least have a full-time job as a teacher. You shape the minds of our young people of the future. You're, you're, you're not a nobody. You're somebody. You're more than most. So you need to go in like I did with guns blazing, kick down the door of that corporate office and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. Uh, this is what I can do for you. I was a teacher for 10 years. So, you know, I know how to wrangle people. I know how to work with SMEs. You know, I know how to get the job done. Like, just go in and you prove to them and tell them how you can help them. And it's your confidence and your belief in yourself. That's, that's what's going to, that's what's going to sell it. And let me tell you guys, you're going to need that confidence as you're running the gauntlet of these job interviews. Cause I, I've had some of the most nastiest comments said to me. I, I had, I literally had a recruiter tell me that I would, that I was not worth more than $80,000. He was like, what? Oh, no. he literally told me that this was a recruiter from New York. He told me, Cause when I told him my numbers, cause remember I did my research. I said, yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm looking for something about, you know, the 85 and up range. He was like, oh no, you're not going to get more than 80. He's like, you're, you're not worth more than that. Now, what if I had <laughs> listened to this man? You know, what if I had listened to him, but because I had so much confidence and belief in myself, I knew better. I knew I did my research. I knew what the average corporate ID makes. I knew what I could command. And because of that belief, I went into these meetings and I said, no, if you want me to do this job and you want me, you've seen my work, you've seen what I can do, you've seen my work ethic, you know, my references can attest to my work ethic, especially, you know, the folks that I contract with, this is the dollar amount that I need. And, you know, they met that dollar amount and, um, you know, the rest is history. So I proved him wrong. I, I, I showed that I am worth way more than 80000 and I believe we all are, you know, because when you start accepting those lower offers, especially in corporate ID, it drives our um, salaries down for our, for our industry. So don't do that, guys. Go in. Don't entertain anything lower than 80, 85. Don't do it. Not for corporate. Uh-uh. Nope. I won't even look twice at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's another thing. Sometimes the no's that you're getting it's not because of you, it's because of the money, because you won't do that job for, for less. I literally had a job here in Utah. They were like, yeah, we love you. You'd be great on the team. Yeah, we could pay you between 50 and 70. I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they were like, what, were, what is your number? And I told them, uh, I said, I won't entertain anything below 80. And because of that, I was not invited back. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> and what's funny is, is I still saw that same guy that I interviewed with. I saw him on LinkedIn trying to get more IDs to come on his team for that same position. I said, no, you're not looking for a great ID. You're looking for someone who will accept a lower number. And that's just not going to be me. I believed in myself. I, I proved that man from New York wrong. I'm worth way more than 80 grand. Way I mean, that's just bananas for anyone to tell you what you're <laughs> worth anyway. I had some nasty comments. I had one man, I was going to, this is when I had no experience. I was going to volunteer with him uh, for free. He literally sent me an email and he told me, in my experience, if you have a family and like a spouse uh, and, you know, young children, uh, you don't do well in this industry. What? Yeah. But he was like, but, you know, if you, if you, if you still want the hours and you want to volunteer a little bit, you know, yeah, just let me know. He literally told me that. Literally. Oh man. I, th <laughs> I mean, I just, I just thought, you know, like 
sexism <laughs> and whatever was just a rumor. <laughs> nope. It's alive and well. I've gotten some nasty comments out here. That's what I'm telling you guys. Your confidence has to be so high. You have to believe in yourself, believe with your worth you know, read all these little fancy quotes that you see out here, you know, read these like little self-help books because you're going to need that. That's your armor as you go in because these recruiters, they're going to say things to you. Uh, some people, especially as, a, you know, like a volunteer going to be working for free, they'll, they'll treat you any kind of way. And you just got to go in with, with guns, guns blazing and kick the door down and say, no, you got to have a standard of what you're willing and not willing to accept. Um, and don't be blinded by the money like I was, you know, just because you get that offer, it, it doesn't mean that that's the team for you. So that's, that's my experience. <laughs> this has been so valuable. So let's, let's, uh, I mean, you've already like, the thing that you said about like coding yourself in armor, I think is just such a good way to put it because mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, you're already you're vulnerable inside. I mean, you're making yeah. a, a career transition to, to maybe a culture you've never been in an environment you've never been in a job you've never done formally. And it's in these other people's interests to kind of cut you down and, and recruiters want to tell you, you're only worth a certain amount because they make more money when you make less sometimes. And mm -hmm. so they are motivated to say these things. And so I love the idea of wrapping yourself up in armor of I am enough I am yeah. worthy I yep. am deserving like the guided meditations are worth it I mean <laughs> yeah yes a lot of times I would do like some type of meditation I would sit quietly before like interviews and, and mind you guys I'm on mountain standard time so uh, 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 a 9 a.m interview for me is like 7 a.m for me so 9 a.m in the east was 7 a.m for me so I had to be up early so you got to coach yourself in armor. You've got to have this strong mindset, strong attitude, you know, you know, exercise, eat well, because it literally is running a gauntlet. You can't like eat pizza and donuts and not drink water and not exercise and go through this gauntlet because it's a, it's a mental strength. You know, it's physically taxing to sit at your computer all day and apply to jobs all day and, you know, work on your portfolio all day, but it's also physically taxing to, uh, you know, to be in this state of mind of, you know, I am enough, I am enough, you know, you know, and say all these positive things about yourself all the time, because any type of blustering, any type of wavering, they can smell that they can smell mm -hmm. fear. That's why when I see you guys in the comments on social media, and you have this attitude of, guys, it's the night before my interview. And, oh, I'm, a, I'm only a teacher. What do I do? I, I'm just so nervous. What? No, that attitude right there, you can't be like that. You got to be like, man, it's my first interview tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go into the idle courses and I'm going to read up on that section where, you know, Dr. Robbins, she's telling us, okay, these are the um, theories that you should know. These are the seven things you should know. This is what you should say to your, that's what I did before my interviews. I would look at those um, recordings again and I would get into my mindset. I would look at, okay, Kirkpatrick models. And these little buzzwords, they do work. As long as I said it in the interview, they were like, okay, yeah, you know, she's, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, you know, she's, she's got a good head on her shoulders. That's what I did. And, you know, you got to be careful because sometimes, like in my experience, um, I interviewed for certain organizations and they tried to get free work out of me. One job in New York, uh, they put me through a test and they wanted me to build like a little mini course for them. 
but they gave me all of their copyrighted material that they wanted me to use. And they gave me their hex codes for their uh, logo colors and all of that. And they wanted me to use that. And I was like, well, can I just make it on any random subject, you know, like make a peanut butter jelly sandwich or something like that. They were like, no, 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 we need you to use this material. And then I thought to myself, well, if you end up not picking me, you just got a whole bunch of free work out of me. Like, like, no way. So I ended up backing out of that interview. I said, you know what, I respectfully decline. Um, I cannot complete this project for you. And I turned it down. They were really excited about me. I got to maybe like the second round of interviews with that. But because I felt like there was this like ethical issue going on, I, I turned it down. You know, you got to watch out for things like that. And that's what I'm saying. It comes back to that mental capacity. And, you know, lean on us in, in the social groups. If you have a question, I see people doing it, you know, and I went to the groups and I said, hey guys, is this normal for a company to do this? And more senior IDs were like, uh, do you have a portfolio? I said, yeah, they've already seen it. They were like, uh, heck no, that's not normal. They're, they're and it literally started this like war <laughs> in, in the comment section where some people were like, well, that's just what you have to do to get the job. And other people were like, no. You, you don't work on copyrighted material. If they want to see her work, she could do it on any subject. Like, why does she yeah. have to use their copyrighted material? So just be careful of that. People trying to take advantage of you. People trying to say nasty things to you to, to sway you to take lesser money. That's what, that's what Dr. Rob was talking about, where you have to have a strong mindset, um, a strong belief in yourself, because you're going to get tried out here. And, and it literally is like a gauntlet. Imagine yourself as a gladiator running through this crazy maze of obstacles I mean I just told you some of the obstacles I went through you know I literally I was at the mountaintop peak I had a six-figure <laughs> job offer you know with my contracting gig too I was well into the six-figure range then if you count my my side gig that I was doing I was well into six figures then to be at the peak and to literally be kicked down the mountain like come on guys that took a lot of mental strength for me to pull myself back up and said you know what I will recover you know, to go on more interviews and to, you know, just believe in myself. Like, like that, that's what we're talking about. Like, you have to have that belief. That's what's going to help you 99% of the time in these interviews. And the last thing that happened to me during this whole process was, you know, even like fake recruiters. You got to watch out for that. I, 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 I don't know how, but I, some fake recruiters from like uh, India were contacting me in my email. Some got my phone number, called me. You know, you think you're interviewing with someone, but really they're a fake recruiter. So um, just be careful. You know, like a real recruiter will tell you all the details about a job. Um, they'll have very specific knowledge and that won't be vague and they will not ask you for like personal um banking or you know social security number type information so be careful about that as well it's, it's it really is a gauntlet guys like you can't you can't be slacking on this like you have to have that mental capacity as you're doing this make sure that you come out um paid what you want to make and you know working on a good team so that that's what i'll definitely say well, usually I end this with uh, what's your uh, <laughs> final best advice for new ideas, but uh, don't you, I think you just said it over yeah. and over again. I mean, yeah. the analogies you came up with, like, you guys need to arm yourself, get your guns out, kick down the door. <laughs> you, you know it's what? It's a gauntlet. <laughs> that, that attitude came from you, Dr. Robin, because <laughs> literally, the very introduction to the idol course 
the first thing you say to us is, hey guys, the first thing you need to understand is that you are an idol. You're already an instructional designer. Yeah. And just me watching that, I was like, okay, I'm already an instructional designer. I'm already an instructional designer. So that's the attitude that I have. So when I would get to these recruiters who would try to, you know, cut me down and oh, you don't have enough experience and you know, you don't this and you don't that. Uh, I was literally standing there with, you know, with a, with a strong face. And I was like, no, I am an instructional designer. Like, like that's, <laughs> that's the oh, attitude right. that I have. You, you tell us everything. So, so yeah, it, guys, that's my story. I did it the most messiest way possible. I was queen of messy. Um, I'm still going through the idol courses. I still have to go back and get my badges, but that's great, especially with the storyline experience, because um, a lot of the work that I do now is in Rise. So I'm going back through the idol courses stuff, you know, to, to go through storylines. So, so yeah, you don't have to be perfect at all this stuff, guys. You really don't. You don't have to be perfect. Believe in yourself and stop accepting low salaries. stop it and i mean i just also want to thank you so much jokima for coming on and sharing this incredible story but and i also want people to know like part of the reason why i created do it messy in the academy that just came out for that sixth cohort is because of your story when we got on the phone and you were talking about how you just knocked it out and how you did like zero to career in just a yeah. couple of weeks and whatever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I just, we just need to do the same thing. And you created like a little roadmap. And then of course, you know, I yeah. was like, I'm yeah. going to do it <laughs> zero to two weeks. Like, yeah, I, I'm the queen of messy y'all. That, that's where it came from. When, when Dr. Robin started hearing my story, she was like, oh my gosh, you just did it like kind of all wonky and crazy. I was like, yep. But, but I, I'm happy to see in the, in the idol Facebook group, a, a lot of people doing it messy and saying how they're getting results. And I, I think it's for those that it helps you get out of your own way, you know, get out of your own way, stop being perfect, go into idle courses, do it all a cart, you know, jump around, pick around, pick out what you need. Cause that's what I did. I picked out what I need and I was operating from the standpoint of, I need a job now. You know, my spouse is looking at me, my kids are looking at me, my student loans are becoming due, you know, my dog needs dog food, like, like things like this, like, like I wanted more in my life and I was ready to get back into the, into the workforce. And I, I'm just so thankful that I was able to do it messy because now I, I love every day. Like I get to do what I wanted to do and I, and I, I get to work from home. I'm 100% remote. I get to look over up from my desk and I see my kids. I'm with a great team now. They, they show me all the time how they, are happy for me to be on board and you know helping out with their projects so um, I'm loving it and then I have my little side gig on the side you know I do my contracting so I, I'm in touch with you know like really great senior IDs in the game like I, I just absolutely love it guys I'm having so much fun but in order to get there it took a lot of strength a lot of willpower early mornings early early mornings and most importantly belief in myself kick down the door, stop, stop asking for permission, stop, stop being like, yeah, um, someday, someday I'll be ready. No, you're ready right now. Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> That's it. Go get it. Thank you Go so much. To keep- you're welcome. I really, really, really <laughs> appreciate you. And I'm um, just so happy for you. So thank, thank you, you again. Thank you. No, I appreciate you, Dr. Robin. Thank you for being, uh, you know, a source, you know, reference and just, 
always encouraging um, for for everybody. Everybody, she's that cheerleader, guys, and we need that to, to remind us that hey, you are an idol. <laughs> you're you are a leader. You are an instructional designer. Um, so so that voice is very much needed. You know, as you're running the gauntlet. Thank you so much. I I appreciate it. I'm, well, you just proved us both right, Jokima. You <laughs> are an idol. I mean, look yeah. at you. I mean, you are so much an idol. You got three jobs now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wear three hats, y'all. I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to go uh, jump on some work now. Everybody's uh, yeah. they're texting me in, in my in my Slack and everything. Like they're they're looking for their private stuff. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you, mm. Dr. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.